which ghost school has the best performing arts program? I don't know. A lot of people think it's Booyard, but actually, it's NY Boo. Mitch Manners. It could also be Boo-C-L-A. I don't know. I haven't, I, yeah. There's a lot. It could be. There's a, there's a lot in there. Do you want to hear the jokes I didn't use? No. Yes. Okay. okay. This one might have to get cut. It's a little risque. Why was the terrified ghost naked? I don't know. Why? He was scared sheetless. Oh, no. That's fine. That's been good. Okay. Here's the other one. Okay. Why did the ghost become a pirate? I don't know. For the booty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hello, Internet. I'm your husband, host Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife, host Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? <sighs> yeah. I am among the living, which is oh, good. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're potty training. And by we, I mean primarily Teresa. <laughs> she is the only no, one of second. us with patients. I am potty trained. I, I am know, potty I training dot. I think people probably got that from context clues. You never know. That's fair. Hey, I'm going to get right to the topic because it's something near and dear to my heart. Okay. We're talking about ghost hunting. Yes. Um, and right off the bat, I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about your belief level in ghosts. And not just you, Teresa, but I asked uh, folks at home as well. I did a little poll this morning uh, and got uh, over 3,000 responses. Nice. The options were... Uh, so, are ghosts real? Options. Yes, definitely. Not sure, but maybe. Not sure, but probably not. And definitely not. Uh, and the leading answer with 30% was not sure, but maybe. Okay. Uh, followed closely by not sure, but probably not at 26.7%. Followed by definitely not at 25.5%. And then bringing up the rear, yes, definitely at about 18%. And if you want to check out the uh, specifics of that poll, it's on Travis's uh, Twitter. Well, so where are you at? I am not sure, but probably not. Oh, yeah? That's where yeah. you're at? Yeah. I'm at not sure, but maybe. Here's This is my thought on it. If ghosts are a thing, I don't think it's the way most people think of ghosts. Yeah. I think, maybe I've said this publicly somewhere before, but I, I you know, just going, listen, I'm not uh, a scientist, but going off the basics of, you know, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. There's energy in the human body. I think... There's a part of me that wants to believe and could easily be convinced that if you die in in an extreme enough emotional state, right, that that kind of energy can imbue a place. Okay, so I'm going to say that I believe in the human ability of empathy, right? So if something truly terrible happened in a place, I believe that empathy. Empathic, empathetically, 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 people can feel that live people. That's yeah. what I believe. Yeah, I, I don't think there's like apparitions and so, spirits yeah, yeah. in Victorian clothes. Like oh, <laughs> it was Derek what killed me. As far as the thing that is the feeling, I think it's people that are feeling, not ghosts. I don't know. But 
what I do believe in is playing the game. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. We talked about this in our seance episode as yeah. well. So I believe that if you are deciding to go ghost hunting uh-huh. or to, you know, mess around with some of this, like, like well, reading equipment or whatever, we haven't yet. Yeah, okay. But I do believe that playing the game is part of the fun, There's right? A, and yeah. that's the etiquette along with a lot of this ghost hunting business is whether you believe in spirits, ghosts, I mean... Goblins, goblins ghouls, uh, and uh, gnomes, other G-words. All of that stuff. Playing the game is the important part. That's the schmanner's Well, and, and not just that. There's also, especially when we're talking about uh, ghost hunting specifically, there's also a lot of real world like banners as far as like where you should and shouldn't go. Right, you're right. That kind of thing. <laughs> So to give a little bit of background about, let's call it... Paranormal investigations. Okay. That's not that's not what I was going to say. Oh. I, I was going to say connecting with the beyond. Okay. Okay. But sure, paranormal investigations. Well, we'll get to why in a second. I'm um, gonna, I'm, I have feelings on the difference between the term ghost time and paranormal investigations because I'm a nerd and we'll talk about it later. Okay. The cool thing is that cultures throughout time have different interpretations of specifically what happens after people die. Yeah, I I actually watched, because I was thinking about a lot today, because we're going to talk about, I watched a Bill Nye video today where someone asked him about, like, what happens when we die Mm -hmm. and ghosts and stuff. And he said, people have been thinking about what happens to us when we die as long as there have been people. That's right. Because when there were people, then they died. And people were like, what happened to them? Hey, what happened to Bob? So, Why isn't Bob moving anymore? A couple of the the highlights that um, that you know live in the culture today: Dia de los Muertos, of right? Course, yeah, Day of the um, Dead. Also, the ancient Celts have a lot of the you know the different traditions that we talk about today. Thinking like like leaving offerings of soul cakes and you know the veil and Halloween season has to do a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you mentioned the Ouija board, right? Yes. Um, there's, again... Also called a spirit board. Also called a spirit board. I think Ouija board is like the brand name. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Um, in like Japan- Xerox, you know? Oh, yeah. In Japanese culture, there's like offerings to different ancestors, things like that. There's, there's always kind of like this balance between the... When people die, they go somewhere where they can help us or they stick around where they can mess with us. You know, once I'm not, uh, as I've said on this show a lot, I'm not a sociologist. I'm not a historian, whatever. Yeah. I'm not a religious expert. You're not any of those things. You're just a dude. I'm not just a dude. There are many things that I am. Podcaster, writer. Okay, we don't need to. Comedian. Wonderful dad and husband. But- I'm just pillar uh, in the community. Uh, But like, (laughs) it is interesting to me that when I think about, especially in like, so I was raised Southern Baptist, which I'm not anymore, um, but also like here in the US and everything. And so much of that specific culture is like ghosts are bad, right? right? It's like, if you're not in heaven, that's a bad thing. But so many other cultures, religions, belief systems are like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. They're like in there hanging out with us and they come and chill with us sometimes. And it's a totally cool, chill thing and not scary at all. Right. Um, so the paranormal uh, entered 
the kind of uh, cultural lexicon in the U.S. specifically in 1848. This is when Maggie and Kate Fox were two little girls who lived in uh, in upstate New York. Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. There's a drunk history about this. We love drunk history. I know about it for more than that. Thank you very much, but that is primarily where I do know about it. <laughs> and there were noises and taps and sounds that couldn't be explained in their home. When, when they woke up their parents, their parents believed them that it was a ghost right. in their house. Which, can I just say, I don't care what time period it is. I don't care what technology, anything like that. Your kids wake you up and there's a ghost. And you, as an adult, are like, there is? Oh, no. Then listen. They didn't know any better. Okay. This is what I'm saying. They should have, though. I don't care if it's the dark ages. Your parent, your kid is like, there's a dragon outside. Your first... Response should be a healthy skepticism. <laughs> Not like my child is a liar, go back to bed, because we've all seen the movies. But enough to be like, okay. <laughs> enough to be like, I'll look, but I don't think there is a go. I'm so just So they took their show on the road as mediums, right? And later, Maggie would come out in 1888 as like showing all the secrets, like yeah. we made this up type thing. Like magic's greatest secrets revealed with the masked magician. Right. Yes. But spiritualism, the ball had started and would not be stopped. Right. Um, so during the Civil War, countless psychics and clairvoyants and mediums took you know, advantage yep. of people who had lost loved ones um, and were saying that they could reconnect them, that they could help them, that they could make people, you know, give people closure and let their spirits move on or whatever it is that they're doing. One of my favorite kind of about spiritualism, interesting, I think very ironic facts is so two of really big figures in spiritualism, but on opposite sides of it were Houdini and Arthur Conan Doyle. Right. And Houdini, who was this like, you know, fantastic figure who performed acts of magic. Quote, magic. Was a was a very like was a debunker and skeptic of it. Right. And I think I'll, it's because he kind of knew how the sausage was made already. Well, right. I'll tell you why. But the other side of that then is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote books about this incredibly logical like thinker who, you know, would would think through problems and didn't believe the unexplained answers. And he was like, Yeah, go through real. Got it. <laughs> and it was uh Houdini's deal was after his mother died, who he was very, very close to he would go to seances wanting, like, believing it, right? But then realizing that they were using the tricks that right. he used on misdirection, you know, lighting effects, mirrors, all that stuff. And he was like, oh, this is all magic tricks, except the difference is you're tricking people out of money by convincing them it's, you know, like, that they're talking to a dead loved one, where I am entertaining people for an hour with no promise of, like, any of that. Right. And he had actually been a medium at one point as part of, like, the performance, right? That that was part of his shtick. So, like, he knew all of this. So when he went to who were purporting themselves as legitimate psychics, and he was like, wait a minute, you're doing the same thing I was doing. Yeah. Right. And I think that you also hit on the head the part where... 
there were a lot of new technologies happening mm-hmm. all at once at this point with the Phonographs, Industrial Revolution. recordings, all of that stuff, especially. Exactly. Uh, incandescent light, the telephone, photography especially. Mm-hmm. Lots of these inventions were kind of like blurring what was real and what was what was not in people's minds because yeah. all this stuff was totally brand new. Nobody knew how it worked. So, I mean... If, it was basically like magic. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if think, I told you this... this is the voice of someone who's dead and I played it on the phonograph, you'd be like, what? Where is that coming from? Here's the irony, uh, or maybe not, but like that was one of the original intentions for the phonograph was to like record so like you could listen to people's voices after they died. Right, but it's not their it's, well, so then people would call and complain, like, or contact them and complain and be like, I can't hear the loved one's voice. And they're like, well, you have to record it before they die. <laughs> That's it. You're not communicating with them now because they're dead. Right. Right. So between 1860 and 1890, the U.S. issued 500,000 invention patents. That's a lot. Many of them were used for manufacturing and investigating of the paranormal. Mm. Um, so, you know, like you mentioned, people would definitely use all of these tricks. Um, and photography, like I said, is a very important one because people didn't understand. So they were capturing visible light. And then you could turn the light off, but then you could see the light in the picture. Yeah. And people didn't understand how that worked, right? Well, and not so, only, yeah, there's also stuff with like double exposures and right, like, right. yeah. Um, so these spirit photographs that were often used as like, quote, concrete evidence were people using like double exposure or taking advantage of people who just didn't understand the science. Yeah. Um, and so- Which is so interesting because today- like if you show I, I if you ever watch like police procedurals or any kind of like thing like that, immediate reaction now if you show someone any kind of photo is we could Photoshop that. Right. Like we have swung a thousand percent the other way away from like naive, unashamed belief to like mm-hmm. pure doubt. This also changed the way that people thought about ghosts. So at the beginning, you talked about how, like, the kind of, um, like, Christmas Carol, Dickensian, like, fully formed person and clothes, like, moving things and doing stuff. With all of this spiritualism and, you know, the the different inventions, people started talking about ghosts as kind of energies or uh, vibrations Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, feel the chill in the air. That's a spirit. Feel the the hair standing up on the back of your neck. That's a ghost. That kind of stuff. Because there were less and less, like, not I don't want to say concrete, but, like, the definition of spiritualism and ghosts and all that stuff was constantly expanding. Well, that's the thing, right? Like you mentioned the Dickensian, you know, the Christmas Carol, right? When you only have what is written in a shared document like a book for reference, everybody has the same reference material, right? But if you're having these one-on-one or like, you know, parties at your house where a psychic comes, Mm -hmm. whatever you experience at that party then becomes your thought process. So now everyone has quote-unquote personal accounts of it, and that's going to muddy the waters. And so, um, like everything, 
the culture had the pendulum of the culture had completely swung to ghosts are everywhere, everything, everything is haunted. Right. Back uh, through to the Great Awakening, it is called in the United States in the 1920s. And this is basically, like I said, the opposite of the spiritualism. This movement. is bunk. Hokum, I tell you, Boulder Dash. <laughs> Especially within the context of evangelical um, Protestant faiths, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, a lot of the mediums are then exposed as fakes and things. And by the time we get to World War II, people are more interested in UFOs and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of spiritualism. Well, sci-fi started to take over from fantasy, didn't it? Right. And especially sci-fi in the movies, yep. which was probably the number one contributor for the decline of the seance specifically because now that you can go and laugh at Charlie Chaplin, right? There's no need to have a a party in your dark house. You can go to a movie and laugh instead. That was what so much of that stuff was. It was the entertainment factor. This is, okay, here's the thing I will say. Just, and I think we've probably said it before when we've talked about any kind of spiritualism stuff, Mm -hmm. but I have no problem with somebody doing an event, be it a seance, be it ghost hunt, be it whatever, for entertainment, even charging for that entertainment, right? Because, yeah, you're you're getting fun out of it, right? This is great. I'll put it this way. If we change these terms to, like, gambling, right, I have no problem with playing people playing in a poker tournament uh, for money. Right. I have a problem with someone then cheating at that tournament to take everybody's money. Ah. And so it is these people who say, like, I can help you find your lost child or I can help you communicate, uh, you know, with somebody to give you a conclusive answer about this thing. I do think that there's something psychological, right, definitely, that can be, uh, I don't know, as long as it's, there can be, I guess, a healthy relief from, like, feeling like you've spoken to someone or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Sure, but are you helping people or are you swindling people? Right. I think when you are making any kind of false promise and you, uh, you know, can't deliver on that, that's where I start to have issues with it. Um, I mean, and that's Houdini's deal, right? Yeah. Doing magic tricks is fine. Trying to convince people you're actually magic? Boo. <laughs> uh, so we'll be right back after a thank you note from our sponsors. This week, we want to write a thank you note to Quip. Quip, oh, Quip, we love you here in this house and in many McElroy houses. In fact, I'm going to say all of the McElroys who are related to me love Quip because good health starts with good habits and Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to care for your mouth. Their brushes deliver sensitive sonic vibrations, uh, so it's an effective clean that's gentle on gums, which I appreciate, And they even have kids' electric toothbrushes, which are just like the original, but with size-down features like a small brush head for small mouths and rubber grip handle for greater control. In addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills. That's right, chewing gum that's good for your teeth. Every three months from $5, shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. We love it. Toothpaste is some of my favorite flavors. I can't imagine brushing my teeth with anything other than the Quip toothbrush. And if you go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now, you'll get your first refill free. 
That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash schmanners, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Quip, the good habits company. Schmanners This Week is also sponsored by Bombas. Bombas socks are designed to be the most comfortable socks you've ever worn. Plus, for every Bombas item you buy, they donate an item to those experiencing homelessness. Bombas started by making socks after learning they're the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Then they started making underwear and shirts too. And let me tell you, the socks and underwear and t-shirts are super soft, made to last, some of the most comfortable stuff I've ever owned. I love their t-shirts so much, and I'm wearing their socks right now. They have a 100% happiness guarantee, and they are confident you will be happy with your Bombas products or your money back. Highly recommend fun colors, good designs on those socks. Uh, lots of different styles, too, not just the long socks. You get ankle socks, you know, those little socks that hide inside your shoes and just make you feel a little more comfortable. Cannot recommend them enough. And get this. Thanks to Bombas customers, Bombas has been able to donate 50 million brand new pairs of socks, underwear, and shirts given to those in need. There's so much more comfort to have and so much more to give with Bombas. Go get 20% off your first order at bombas.com slash schmanners. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash schmanners for 20% off your first order. Bombas.com slash schmanners. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so here's why I wanted to say the difference between a paranormal investigation and ghost hunt. Okay. One, you're not going to kill the ghost. Listen, good luck. You know, you're but not going to catch it. You're not going to hunt. I guess you could hunt it and catch it. Yeah, I suppose. Catch and release. Sure. But the like thing fish. is, is <laughs> I think that the TV shows. I think this happens with a lot of like hobbies or things, but whatever. However you want to phrase it, hobby sounds a little uh, reductive, but for people is like. They make a reality TV show out of it, and they only highlight the interesting parts, or they ramp up the drama, or they yeah. change this aspect, or whatever. And you're like, that's not really what it's like. And then everyone starts copying that. You know, I've been doing it's, blacksmithing. It's like when Whose Line Is It Anyway went on TV, and then everyone was like, I love improv. Yeah, and it's like, no, you you actually <laughs> don't. Um, but it's like, you know, I've been doing blacksmithing, and blacksmiths, a lot of them kind of, not turn their nose up at Fortune Fire, but they're like, that's not what it is. It's really like it's a TV show. It's a competition, right? And so I think that that's it. Is there's a lot of like ghost hunt shows where it's like they're not doing any kind. They're not trying to be scientific about it. They're just going, "Is anybody there? Oh my god, you hear that?" (laughs) It's like, (laughs) no, I didn't hear that. You have a sound out, anyways. Okay, but I think that there is something too. Like scientists still study 
paranormal claims, right? Like, it's not like at some point all of the scientific community, respected or otherwise, said like, okay, we can check ghosts off the list, right? There's still like very, very, very respected, highly credited scientists who are like, you know, uh, we're still trying to figure stuff out. We don't know. That's why I like paranormal investigation. Because they're right. going and going, I don't know. Let's see if we can prove anything. Nope. Okay. You know, uh, at Duke University, they actually ran one of the first paranormal research centers in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it was established in 1935 by J.B. Ryan and William McDougall. Um, and they are the original Ghostbusters. Yep. Uh, -na -na -na. <laughs> a lot of different groups at Stanford, at UCLA, lots of different places had paranormal programs, right? Um, and much like in Ghostbusters, when Duke shut down the program, uh, J.B. Ryan literally moved his office and labs across the street and continued his work off campus. Yeah. And so... At this point, I think there's only two, like, paranormal studies programs in universities, mm -hmm. at least in the Western world, uh, Edinburgh and American University, I think it's called. Oh. I heard it on Stuff You Should Know today. Thanks, ah. Stuff You Should Know. Um, you also might know some paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They were the main characters in the Conjuring horror movie universe. Mm. Do you business? think another reason that there has been a huge, I, and no, I'm just going to posit it and say it, huge resurgence in like ghost hunting uh, paranormal investigation is uh, Blair Witch Project? Uh-huh. That kind of found footage, and then you start seeing movies like Paranormal Activity, which then like became TV shows that were basically trying to replicate the movie, but claiming to be real, all that stuff. I'm just gonna yeah. say it. I'm not asking the question. I'm, okay. I'm gonna make it a downward inflected statement. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a ton of real life people and researchers who have inspired all of those different things, like yeah. like you know, ghost hunting and and, and things like that. So the real boom in a lot of those TV shows especially, uh -huh. uh, happened in the 80s with the Spontaneous Psychophysical Incident Data Electronic Recorder, referred to as SPIDER. Okay. Um, it is a device that is like a sort of a camera. I mean, it measures everything, it seems. Uh, it's triggered by various like sensory changes and it automatically photographs or records whatever causes the fluctuation. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very interesting idea, right? To use these type of like readers and stuff to measure, you know, air pressure and temperature and, you know, uh, microwaves and all this kind of stuff. But I think that for my money... Everything that humans have done to affect the world affects all like a ton of stuff all the time. Right. So like they ask you, uh, you know, is someone using a microwave in here because that disturbs the air. Right. Right. Is someone, you know, is your cell phone looking for Wi-Fi that disturbs the machines like yeah. all this kind of stuff. There are lots of everyday things that do things that these devices measure but we don't notice. Well, and I think that's the difference between what I think of as, you know, paranormal investigator hucksters and people who are trying to understand things. Is like, 
a lot of, I'm not, I don't want to draw a line here because once again, I'm not an expert, but I think it's people who are going and saying like, okay, I have found a logical explanation for this. I found the mm -hmm. reason for this. I am looking for things I cannot explain so then I can study instead of like the needles moving, we got a ghost, right? It's right. Like, well, no, hold on. There's a bunch of steps betwixt <laughs> those two points. So there are a couple of things that people at home can do. There is a very interesting thing called a boo buddy, um, which is basically a little teddy bear uh, that has an EMF detector that registers things like temperature and motion and electromagnetic energy and things. Um, it seemed that it was invented by a guy named Sean Porter, um, who thought that the ability to leave the bear in the room would call out more like youthful spirits that would interact with the toy. Yeah, sure. Very interesting. That child energy, as we talked about in My Brother, My Brother, the <laughs> TV show. Um, Have you ever done a ghost hunt? No, I haven't. Um, I do not. I can't believe we've been together almost a third of my life and I've never made you do it. I don't enjoy the feeling of being scared, which is why I don't watch horror movies or I also and I also don't watch like suspense thrillers and things like that. I don't enjoy that feeling. And but, so Yeah, but this is the thing, right? This is what I'm saying. I think that there's two different ways to approach this, right? Because some people want to do the like, oh this place is so haunted and I'm scared, right? Versus like, I like exploring. I've I've done there used to be this place. I think it's torn down now. In Point Pleasant, West Virginia, home of the Mothman. Uh, where it was called Lakin State Hospital for, and then it was a very uh, offensive, outdated term, but let's say uh, for young children of color. And it uh, it was like, you know, one of those places where the stories are like children kept in boxes in the basement and that like kind of Oof. thing. Yeah, rough, right? And it was shut down a long, long time ago. And we would go uh, explore that. In retrospect, and we'll get to this in a moment, very unsafe for very real world unsafe. reasons. Uh, but like, I never was like scared doing, and this is back when I used to be scared of everything, you know, 1920. <laughs> I, I literally was like scared of everything until like five years ago when BB was born, in which I became scared of only one thing, BB. And, uh, but this is, it was one of those things where it was never for me like I want to go and get scared it was like let's go explore this place and keep our eyes open kind of thing you know I remember um, there was a stop on my bus route growing up that was directly across from an old farmhouse um, that was way 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 back from the road but it was uh, surrounded by the cornfields um, and at one point, somebody told me, hey, you know, that house is haunted. And like the stories that kind of like swirled around it made it so that I didn't even look at it when I rode yeah. my bike past because the whole thing was like the house is full of like dishes and clothes and like the people, they just got up and left and they didn't take anything. And like, I mean, that might be true for various reasons. It's you possible. Know? I mean, maybe there's like a big spider and they're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> but for Leave me, it all. who knows what the spider touched for me, it was like avoid, avoid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like how, how I do with that stuff. But um, there are definitely, if you are going to play the game, if you're going to go, there are definitely some etiquette tips that you and need to follow. And safety tips. Yeah, a lot of them. 
are safety yeah. related. Hey, don't trespass, you guys. Um, there's plenty of things that are uh, billed and like secured as haunted things yeah. that you can go and do without getting either in trouble for private property trespassing or uh, hurting yourself yeah, someplace that's unsafe. One of the main reasons you shouldn't trespass is one, uh, it's possible that buildings are closed because they are structurally unsound. Indeed. And two, you don't know uh, who might be in there as a real human being that's staying in there that maybe doesn't want to be bothered. Sure. Always a possibility that they don't want you there and they might get angry at you if mm-hmm. you are there. Uh, and never go alone. Or just youths doing drugs. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Coming upon some youths? Oh. Uh, never go alone for spiritual safety and general safety, right? Um, you want to make sure that people know where you're going to Boom. be. Yeah, that one's very important. Um, so, like, you know, and, and tell someone when you plan to be back, right? Yeah. Uh, because we want to we want to keep uh, we want to play the game and stay safe. Um, just like camping. Just like camping. And there are also lots of places that are perfectly creepy during the day. There are normal visiting hours for every cemetery, right? Yeah. So um, you don't need you don't need it to be dark in order to visit those places. Um, do be quiet while you're doing it. Nobody wants like kind of like crazy wild party time while we're quote looking for spirits, right? So if you if you're gonna play the game, you got to play by the rules. One of the rules is be quiet. Um, if you're going to go to, just as a rule along those same lines, be uh, be the same energy level as everyone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if you go with four friends and all your four friends want to be bought into it, don't be the one who's like, this is dumb. Right. Because right? like, that's gonna go, no fun. Yeah, if you're going to go, just buy into it. Like, you don't have to believe it to buy into it and have fun. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, one of the etiquette. It's like going to a renaissance festival. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be like, look at these dorks. Be like, nah, man, you're here too. Let's do this. If you're going to do it, do it. <laughs> Um, another etiquette for um, the people who, let's say, take a lot of stock in this, yes. right, um, is that you are free to talk to the ghosts, but you need to set a boundary, right? That's part of, like, the spiritual, um, like, ebb and flow and give and take, and you don't just, like, invite a spirit in to use you as a vessel or yeah. what, whatever it is, because that in some people's minds, is very dangerous. So that's another rule of the game. Very much think of it, as you mentioned before, like improv, right? Yeah. You don't want to be the I've got a gun improver, mm-hmm. right? Or like, oh, no, I've got superpowers all of a sudden. Like, wait, what's happening? Right, if you're going to be playing the game, improv it like it's really happening, right? Exactly. You can say prayers for protection if that's what you want to do. Um, you can carry something to, quote, ward off evil spirits or whatever. All of these are pieces of the puzzle that show that you are being a team player. Also, very, very practical sense. Um, if if you're going somewhere, you know, that is either outside or uh, dirty or has broken stuff or whatever, make sure you wear, like, closed-toed shoes, mm-hmm. uh, comfortable shoes to walk in, maybe long pants so you don't get, like, scratches on your legs or anything like that. Bring a flashlight or, even better, a headlamp. You know, one Ooh, of those that, like, that's a great goes, idea. goes on and has the little flashlight on the front so you have your hands free. Um, there are a lot of devices that you can buy online, and a lot of them are really expensive and don't do anything. 
Um, so I would say, like, if this is just, like, I'm going to go explore, don't spend, like, $2,000 buying equipment off Amazon or something. If you want to buy, like, an EMF meter for, like, 50 bucks or something, go for it. But don't don't buy a bunch of equipment thinking this will enhance the experience. It's mm-hmm. definitely fun. But, like, you can walk around with your phone camera on and feel like you're doing something. Yeah. Uh, speaking of phones, uh, put your phone on uh, airplane mode so that um, the things that your phone does don't register on your equipment. Um, and be respectful of the area that you're in. You know, don't go breaking stuff. That's yeah. not cool. And bring um, a snack and some water so you don't get cranky. Oh. Um, and one of the things that uh, that it the etiquette maintains is that if your body makes a noise or if you recognize that's a train whistle from outside uh, that you tag it for the recording, which I think is a really great idea yeah. so that people don't go back and listen and hear like a growl and think, Oh my gosh, what was that? If you know that your stomach growled, you should say that was my stomach Yeah, <laughs> uh, because with all this equipment, it's going to be like recording stuff, like I said, and you'll want to listen to it later because that's part of the fun. A lot of these um, devices say that they'll pick it up and then uh, you won't you won't hear it maybe in the moment, but you'll hear it later. But, you know, don't don't pretend that you're you're Do you hear that stomach gurgle. <laughs> that that was a tummy hungry ghost. <laughs> I, I also think if you have ignored uh, rule number one and you have trespassed somewhere you're not supposed to be or somewhere where it's maybe not completely safe to be, just go by D and D rules and don't split the party. Oh, that's I, a great idea. Especially at night, stay together just so like nobody gets lost or anything like that. You don't have to go looking for anybody. Hmm. Um. Make sure that if you do need to leave the group to go to the bathroom or go outside or take a break, let somebody know, right? And go to a bathroom, you know, if you're a place without a bathroom, outside. Yeah. Not just, like, in an abandoned house somewhere. Not cool. Not cool. That goes with, like, don't, like, destroy stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And I think that you do need to agree upon what the... Uh, I'm going to say what the goal is for this. Yeah. Is the goal ghost hunting? Is the goal exploring? Is the goal helping spirits cross over or whatever it is? Just so that you have a like-minded party. Because, like I said, if you're playing different games, one person thinks that they can you know, cast out the, the demons or whatever. And one person just wants to see a... Uh, like a vase move or whatever, right? right? You want to be playing the same game. So make sure you talk about what your your end goal is. Okay, so I've got some questions here. Great. And I'm going to attempt to answer them uh, with no smirk or judgment. Let's do it. Duke Me asks, should you banish a ghost based off of their religion? Say Christian prayer for Christian ghost, Hebrew prayer for Jewish ghost. Um, I think that it is about uh, as as far as the understanding of that procedure and people who give uh, stock to that, that it is about the faith uh, and belief of the person delivering it mm-hmm. uh, and not about the person, the ghost hearing it. Right. Um, you are using your faith to tap into whatever. So it has to do with that. Um, Brenna asks, if a spirit is being rude to me, am I allowed to be rude back? I mean, you got to think that being a spirit trapped in a plane that it doesn't belong in and a time it doesn't belong in has got to be pretty frustrating. So much like I would say dealing like with a toddler, it's important that you don't 
like egg it on. Yeah, yeah, you don't escalate. That you're there trying to resolve, and if you can't resolve, then leave. Um, I think that in in a circumstance like that, it would be okay to communicate. Hey, that hurt my feelings. Yeah, they might or, just not be used to dealing with uh, people. Yeah, or uh, that was that was uncalled for. That's rude. Um, Nessa asks, "What's the deal with sage?" Uh, so yeah, burning sage is supposed to be very purifying. That sage smoke uh, has it can purify energies, and if nothing else, it smells good. Oh, Rubber Cake asks about ghost tours. Mm-hmm. I think ghost tours are fun. I've been on many of those. You sure have. Yeah. That, and, and I think that the, the quality of the ghost tour is yeah. really about the people you go with. Well, that's the thing, man. I, I've been on many, and some of them sometimes, the, the tour guide is not a good storyteller mm-hmm. or very low energy or anything like that. And it's like, uh, you're not weaving a tapestry for me. Um, so I would say try to do some research to find one that like has good reviews or that someone's been on before and enjoyed. Enjoy the ride, though. So like, yeah. don't try and derail any of that kind of stuff because yeah, if you're, you're going to go on a ghost tour, you should, you know, like I said, enjoy the ride. And if you're not enjoying it, just, just say like, oh, I just got to call on my phone. I got to go, right? <laughs> don't like make it your mission to entertain yourself at their yeah. expense. Um, let's see, um, Goat Dragon asks, if you're someone who doesn't believe in ghosts, but you want to go along because you think it'll be fun, how do you do that without offending the ones who believe in the ghosts? I think that there is, uh, you don't have to be completely bought in to be, so skepticism, what we think of skepticism now is not the original, like, intention of skepticism, of this, like, I am interested in this, I want to investigate this, I'm looking for, you know, whatever, and not like, I doubt it, right? So you can go in and be like, I'm excited to see anything. Let's see if it happens, right? Like, I don't know, right? I I don't think you have to be completely bought in to be in the same energy space as somebody else, you know what I mean? Some part of the same um, emotional thought space. You just have to make sure you're all like on the same Goal, like you said, what's the end goal, right? Yeah, and if nothing else, if you can't say something nice, don't right. say anything at all. Just walk around with them. Yeah, and just in general, just don't refer to anything as like, this is dumb, or like, oh, you guys are so silly. I mean, you wouldn't, if you were, say, into the car, like a card game like Magic Quest or something, right? Magic the Gathering. Magic Quest is the thing at uh, yeah, yeah, Great Wolf Lodge. Great Wolf Lodge. Any, any, even that. Okay. If you're into Magic Quest. And why wouldn't you be? It's amazing. And someone came over and said, why are you doing this? This is a dumb game. You would be upset, right? right. If so, somebody did that about anything, pottery, dumb. Yeah, that's so dumb. Don't, <laughs> what are you, don't cooking? do Gross. that to anybody else. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to share it with anybody, let us know. Um, if you have ideas for topics, you can let us know that too. Oh, Teresa and I have a uh, Great British Bake Off uh, watch-along podcast called Bake On, which you can find just about anywhere. I think it is wonderfully pleasant. Ah. Um, thank you to everybody who checked out last week's episode of Us and Tights and Fights, talking about pro wrestling etiquette. Go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. 
Let's see, what else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentoflas Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla and Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. At Schmannerscast is where we got these excellent questions for this episode. And thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that group if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans. We are always taking topics. We are always taking idioms. We are always taking hellos to our researcher, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. For, for all the research for this episode. And you can uh, send those to schmannerscast at gmail.com. And thank you as well to our editor, Rachel, who helps us make the show. Uh, and thank you to you for listening. Uh, join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.